Hey, uh, Reckless, so we're starting a new series tonight. And um, so recently I was uh, watching uh, an interview on CNN, all right? And, and this host was having this interview with, uh, with this expert. And he was talking about, this guy was talking about belief and doubt and the rise of atheism in, uh, in America. And so there were two statements that he made that really caught my attention. The first thing he said was, he said, millennials, which is, that's your generation, all right? So that's you guys. Millennials are experiencing more doubt than any other generation. Your generation experiences more doubt than any other generation. The other thing that he said was, millennials don't feel like they can go to the church with these doubts. Because the church looks at doubts and tries to squash them tries to dismiss them, tries to discourage doubt. And at that point, I didn't really hear anything else that went on in the interview. And I, just, I just thought, especially with, with, as it pertains to the church, I thought, man, what a, what a sad statement for us as the church. That millennials, you guys are experiencing more doubt, more question, more struggles in terms of what you believe. And the church is more or less just kind of putting the wall up and going, hey, don't come here with those. Or if you come here, you've got to get rid of those. Those aren't welcome here. Because there's many of us that struggle with doubt or with question or we struggle with God. We struggle with Jesus. We struggle with the Bible. And we, we wrestle with questions like, can I really believe in a God that I can't see? Or can I really trust what the Bible says? Like, can I really depend on the accuracy of this book? Or we think, man, can I, how do I really know that Jesus loves me or that Jesus actually died for me? And we're not talking just, we're not talking about your atheist friends at, on your school campus. We're talking about Christians. Like many of us have those questions and we wrestle with those things. And those are major things that we, that we're feeling and even maybe feel a little bit guilty about. And we have these things that we wrestle with and we wonder and we question. And it's even Christians that we look up to. Christians that we look at and we say, man, I I want the faith that they have. And yet when we really start kind of digging a little bit deeper, we understand that they had doubts and questions too. Man, the the great writer C.S. Lewis, he was an atheist as a teenager. Martha, uh, Martha, Martha Stewart, Mother Teresa, that's the name I'm going for, much different name. Mother Teresa, she wrestled with all kinds of doubts. She struggled with loneliness. She, there were times in her life that she didn't hear from God and it really, it really messed with her faith. You think of the, the pastor and theologian Martin Luther, who hundreds of years ago, he, re, he wrestled with wondering whether or not he was worthy enough. He, he struggled with his own salvation. He wondered and questioned whether or not God could actually use him. And then you look at the disciples who were with Jesus and they doubted all over the place. They doubted at the early part of Jesus' ministry. They doubted in the middle. And even after Jesus had risen from the dead and appeared to the disciples, 
showed up in the flesh and they knew I watched you down the cross and now you're here in the room and you're alive again. And it says that some in that moment even doubted. Like, How can you possibly doubt in that moment when you're seeing the risen Jesus? But that's what they did. See, I think if we're honest, I think all of us have struggled with doubt. We've wrestled with questions, maybe even to the point of unbelief. Maybe we've wondered about so much of Christianity and we've doubted whether or not we could ever take that step and live our life for for this thing because there's so many questions that swirl in our mind. And I want to communicate something to you, if that's you, and hopefully I'm talking to all of us. It's okay. It's okay that you've got those doubts and those questions and those struggles and you have these things that you feel like, man, am I ever going to get through this or ever going to get past this? And I want you to know God is not intimidated by your questions and your doubt. In fact, God welcomes your questions and your doubt. And the truth of who God is and the plan that he has called us to does not crumble and will not crumble because of our doubts. So then what do we do with our questions? Are we just supposed to kind of ignore them and hope that they go away? Are we just supposed to blindly accept what this book tells us and never question it or never dig a little bit deeper or really understand, can I really trust this thing? And the answer is absolutely not. In fact, it is essential for your faith and for my faith to, when we face those doubts, to wrestle with those things. It is imperative for us to find the answers to the questions that we have so that we know what we believe and we know why we believe it. Now, I love this quote from, uh, from Tim Keller, who's a pastor up in in uh, New York City and talks to, deals with skeptics all the time and has such great uh, books and information. Here's what he said. He said, a person's faith will collapse overnight if he or she has failed over the years to listen patiently to his or her own doubts. As Christians, we should acknowledge and wrestle with our doubt. It is no longer sufficient to hold beliefs just because you inherited them. In other words, just because you grew up in church or just because mom and dad told you that this is right, that's not going to fly anymore. That you, it is important for us to wrestle and acknowledge those doubts and ask those questions and find the answers to those questions. Our faith depends on it. So as we get into this whole belief series tonight, what I want to do is just kind of give you a couple statements that hopefully will will kind of set us up for where we're going to go over the next couple weeks. All right, so there's three statements I want to give. Here's the first one. Faith is necessary. All right, faith is necessary. So this will not be a series where we're like, hey, we're going to kind of push faith out the window. We don't need that. Let's just kind of get rid of that. We don't need this thing called faith. All right, that's not true. Faith is necessary. Hebrews 11.6, here's what the writer says. He says, it is impossible to please God without faith. Anyone who wants to come to him must believe that God exists and that he rewards those who sincerely seek him. 
So if you look at some of the examples and, and things about the Bible. So Abraham, he was made righteous because of his faith. All right, there's actually a, a book, Hebrews chapter 11, that is sometimes called the Hall of Faith. And that chapter basically just goes through all of the stories or a lot of the stories of Old Testament people, people in the Bible who displayed faith and how it honored God and they were honored because of that. Jesus, in his ministry, he actually healed people because of their faith. And there were times where he left certain cities and certain towns and situations because they lacked the faith to believe. So a lot of you guys remember the story when Peter's walking on the water and Jesus says, hey, come to me. And he starts walking and he's walking on the water and he's got his eyes fixed on Jesus. And then all of a sudden what happens? The waves start, you know, kind of flying around him and he starts getting scared and looks around and doubt and questions start flooding his mind. And he starts to sink. And so Jesus comes over and he helps him out of the water and he says, you have such little faith, why did you doubt? So Jesus, even in that moment, is telling Peter, faith is important, faith is necessary. He tells us in Matthew 17, 20, that we actually could move mountains if we had faith the size of a mustard seed. You and I are made right with God by grace through faith. It's by believing and trusting in what Jesus has done for us. Paul commands us to live by faith and not just by sight. So the point is, faith is necessary in our relationship with God. God wants us to have faith in him. And so maybe if you're in the room tonight and you're that skeptic and you're that person that, that says, you know what, I will never believe in this thing because I can't see it. It's too difficult for me. It's too hard for me. And so unless I see it with my own eyes, I will never believe that. And so I, I would just suggest to you that, that maybe you've given up on this whole thing of, of Christianity much too soon. If you're only going to rely on sight and what you can see with your eyes. Because the truth is why faith is necessary is that we will never understand everything. And that's not an okay answer. That's not like a kind of a scapegoat or whatever. That's just the reality. We will never understand everything. And in reality, I don't know about for you, but for me, if, if I'm serving and following a God that I can understand everything about, then I have limited that God down to my own finite understanding and what my mind can comprehend, which doesn't really sound like all that powerful of a God. So faith is necessary. Here's the, here's the sec second thing, though. God doesn't call us to blind faith. Even though faith is necessary, God does not call us to blind faith. Listen to what Jesus said, his own words in John chapter 10. He's talking to the Pharisees. They're skeptical about if he's really the Messiah. He's making these claims. They're calling him a liar. And here's what Jesus says in verse 37. He says, don't believe me unless I carry out my father's work. But if I do his work, believe in the evidence of the miraculous works that I have done, even if you don't believe me, then you will know and understand that the Father is in me 
and I am in the Father. So Jesus even tells the Pharisees, don't just blindly accept these statements I'm making about me being the Messiah. Watch some of the things that I'm going to do. I'm not just going to ask you to blindly accept these statements. These are crazy statements. Like we put people in jail. We kill people for making these statements in that culture. So Jesus is going, look, don't just take my word for it. Watch what I do. I'm going to give you evidence to back up what I'm saying. And that's exactly what he does. So the people that Jesus commanded to have faith had God right in front of them. They saw evidence with their own eyes. They watched him perform miracles. They watched him raise people from the dead. They watched him calm storms. They even watched him rise from the dead. 500 of them saw him after the resurrection. So they had evidence and reason to believe. Jesus wasn't just calling them to blind faith. He gave them evidence for their doubts. And then he commanded them to believe. Now, I think the same is true for for us. God is not asking us just to blindly accept this. He's not saying, hey, you will never understand anything. It's going to sound like complete crap. But hey, I want you just to blindly accept everything and live your life for it. And you will not really have any evidence to back up what you believe. I think for all of us, Jesus wants not only for us to take this, but he wants us to experience him. He wants us to have those moments where he reveals himself to us and we see with our own eyes evidence that he is who he says he is. I don't know that I have any data to back this up, but I'll say this anyway. I, I think that a lot of reasons why a lot of teenagers, when they graduate high school and then they get off to college or whatever, and then they leave the faith is because for years they've been told to blindly accept this And yet they've never experienced God themselves. They've never been in those moments where they've had evidence to back up what they say they believe. And then they sit in a classroom and a college professor says, you're a moron if you believe this stuff. And they have no evidence to back up. No, I'm experiencing him in this. And it it backed up in this situation. And so then they go, well, maybe this was a bunch of crap after all. See, I think about my own faith and those moments that impacted my faith the most were when God showed up in a situation and he revealed the truth of who he was. I mean, I can think of a lot of moments in my life where whether it was an answered prayer request or it was a situation where I went, God, I don't know what to do. And God did a work or there was a situation where I watched God do a miracle or perform something incredible. And I, and I remember the impact that that made on my faith. And so for me, it was, especially as a teenager, it was taking what I'm reading about, but also mixing in the experiences that back up what I'm reading about. And then it's not just blind faith. Then it's not just me going, I don't really have answers to any of this stuff, but I'm just told to believe and not doubt. And so God, I'm just going to do this. But it was a, it was a mix of both. And I think that's what God wants for all of us. 
is not just for us to sing songs about what we believe and sometimes we believe it and sometimes we don't. It just depends on what mood we're in. But we're singing about stuff that we're reading about and so we're believing that it's true. But we're also living it out and we're experiencing God show up in our everyday life to where we're going, yeah, I know that this is true. Because God does not want us and does not call us to blind faith. Here's the third thing. Questions help us arrive at a deeper faith. These questions help us arrive at a deeper faith. So I want you to look at these questions that you've got as a faith process, not a barrier. Don't look at these as obstacles that you've got to be able to overcome or something that's going to prevent you from having a relationship with Jesus or living the life that he's called you to. Questions are a normal part of the faith process. They are good things. It is good to have questions. It is good to have those moments because who God is and what he has called us to is too incredible. It is too great for us just to not explore our doubts and to get the answers to the things that we're questioning. God wants us to have the confidence in what we're believing and our questions and seeking out the answers to those questions helps us have a deeper faith. So I mentioned C.S. Lewis, right, was an atheist as a teenager. But as he explored his questions, he discovered the incredible evidence for who God was. And he actually lived a large part of his life helping other doubters, other skeptics, people that had the same questions that he had. Mother Teresa struggled with loneliness and not hearing from God at times. And yet she accomplished so many things that impacted the lives of others. And it was in those moments that she experienced the goodness of God herself. Martin Luther questioned and doubted his own unworthiness, his own salvation, God's ability to use him. And yet God used him to bring dramatic changes to the church, many of which are felt today. And even some of the disciples who looked at the resurrected Jesus and doubted. And yet the Holy Spirit empowered them and used them to start a revolution. And those questions and those doubts were not barriers to them, but rather were a part of their faith process that made their willingness to carry out the mission that God had for them and their desire to serve God that much greater. So listen to me, when, when you guys have questions, when you have these doubts or these th- struggles with faith or whatever, and it is so important, don't ignore them. It is important to be able to get the answers to those questions that, you're, that you have. And Wednesday night, honestly, is the best place, the best environment for that to take place where you are surrounded by leaders who love you and care about you and want to help you grow in your faith and become deeper in your faith. And for you to bring those questions and those doubts and those struggles into your group and to ask that to your small group leader and to give them the opportunity to walk you through those doubts and those questions. And I would guarantee that a lot of them, if not all of them, are questions and doubts that they once had and have experienced in their own life that have shaped their faith. 
this is the best environment and, po- and place possible for you to be able to bring up those questions and receive the answers to those things. I love this, this quote. This is Oz Guinness, who has a really crazy name, but he said a cool quote. Here's what he said. He said, if ours is an examined faith, we should be unafraid to doubt. If doubt is eventually justified, we were believing what clearly was not worth believing. But if our doubt is answered, our faith has grown stronger. It knows God more certainly and it can enjoy God more deeply. So God doesn't want us to have blind faith, but a deep faith, which is made possible by gaining confidence in what we believe. He wants us to have a deep faith, which is made possible by gaining that confidence in those things that we believe. And here's the good news for us tonight. We can have confidence in the things that we believe. This whole thing would have crumbled years ago if it were left to some guys who doubted Jesus when they saw him and then were somehow supposed to carry that out if it was all just a bunch of garbage. So you and I can have confidence in what we believe. And what we want to be able to do over the course of this series is is help you with some of these doubts, help all of us with some of these questions that we face so that our faith can be stronger and deeper. So here's what we're going to do over the, uh, over the next couple weeks. We're going to talk about some of those doubts. We're going to wrestle with some of those questions. And we're not going to be able to cover all of them over the course of the series, but we're trying to cover as many as we can and definitely some of the major ones that we have. So that all of us can get to a point where we have confidence. We come up here on a Wednesday night where we're not just singing about things. We're like, gosh, I hope this is true. This would be pretty awesome. But where we have the confidence to believe what we're singing about and what we say we're making our lives about. Now, next week especially is going to be a little crazy. All right. So I'm going to explain what we're doing next week um, because you're going to have to come in next week kind of knowing what what the deal is. So here's what we're doing next week. Next week during small group time, we're going to cut the small group time in half. All right. After I just told you that that was the best place for you to have answers for your questions. However, here's what we're going to do. We've got three breakouts that we're going to do next week. All right. So we've got the three theaters over here, the two upstairs and then the multipurpose downstairs. And so when you come in at seven, you're going to pick one of those three breakouts that you're going to go to. All right. And you can choose which one sounds the most intriguing Honestly, which one you feel like, man, I've had that question. Man, I really struggle in that area. So here are the three things we're going to talk about next week. The first one is, is God real? Kind of a big deal. Can we really believe in this whole concept of God? Can we, what, what does that look like? So is God real? That's the first one. The second one is world religions versus Christianity. Maybe you've wondered about that. Man, there's so many religions in the world. There's so many other people that believe different things. How do I know that this is the truth? So we're going to talk about that. And then the third one is heaven and the afterlife. And maybe you've wondered what heaven's going to be like and this, this whole thing called eternity. And man, do I really believe in that? And what does that look like? And what does that mean for me? 
And so we're going to talk about that as well. So what you're going to do when you come in next week from 7 to about 7.20, all right, we're going to spend a few minutes in those breakouts just introducing those topics. All right, and then after that, we're, we're going to dismiss the small groups and give you about 20 minutes or so to be able to talk through initially some of those things that, you've, that you heard about. All right, then what we're going to do, it does, craziness doesn't stop there. So we're going to come in here uh, for, for a normal service. It's going to be a little bit shorter. Um, we're going to introduce a new topic to you and a new question and try to answer that for you. And then, and this is going to be fun, we're going to break up into small groups in this room. So service is going to be a little bit, sm- a little bit shorter, and then we're going to break into your normal small group in this room. All right? So just picture that for a moment, how glorifying that will be, how amazing. It's going to be such a great experience. Does that excite you? All right. Hey, it'd be something we've never tried before. I said it's going to be crazy. So here's what I'm going to challenge you guys to do. Get here a few minutes early. All right? Because a little bit before, we're going to start those things right at 7. So we want to maximize our time. So try to get here a little bit earlier. And here's the other thing. Maybe you've got these doubts and these questions. But I'll bet that you also know somebody that does as well. And so invite a friend, somebody that maybe you've been talking with, somebody you've been trying to share your faith with, and maybe they've had those doubts or those questions. Invite them here next week, and we're going to talk about some of these things together. And so the goal and the purpose for us is to get to a point where we have confidence about these things, that we can say, I do believe, and I know what I believe. All right, let's pray together. God, we love you. God, we thank you for loving us. God, I thank you that we serve a God who is not intimidated by our questions and our doubts. God, who you are does not crumble because of our doubts and our questions. And so God, we we thank you that, God, that you welcome those questions and those doubts. And God, you never ask us to have blind faith. God, you want us to have confidence and evidence for these things that we believe in. But you do call us to faith. Faith is an important part of this journey with you. And so God, I pray that that we would say, God, we do believe, but that you would help us and be patient with us in our unbelief and in our questions. Would you give us the answers that we're looking for? And God, may you cause us to fall more passionately in love with you, more confident in who you are, and more committed to to fulfilling and carrying out the life that you've got for us. God, we love you and we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.